You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on the Young Buck, y'all. Brandon Jennings in the building. (laughs) Um, So that laugh you just heard was me the entire game while this was happening. Um, Because there has never been a more Brandon Jennings return than the one he had tonight. Uh, 16 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. Uh, five of nine from the field, three of six from three, uh, only two turnovers. And I don't like, I feel kind of strange saying this, but the reason the Bucks won the game. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks are playing with house money on this 10 day contract. <laughs> I mean, to get any type of impact, positive, any positive impact from a 10 day contract, uh, is, is a 10 day contract well spent. And I, I would tend to agree. I mean, this game, the Bucks were in control most of probably from like the second quarter when actually Jennings came in and started to, I think actually late first quarter, I think they went up like 32, 24. They kind of just start take, started yeah. to take control a little bit. Um, and in large part due to Jennings built a, you know, a nice comfortable double digit lead. Um, but this was, a. Uh, more difficult than it should have been, certainly. I mean, despite the the final scoreline, 18-point victory against a team that now has lost 17 in a row. Um, you know, the Grizz got it back to, what, six, I think, in the fourth quarter yeah. at one point. Um, and, you know, again, Jennings was was really important. I mean, he was he was the best player on the court tonight, which is crazy to say. But Giannis had foul trouble and, you know, really kind of struggled. He had six turnovers. Bledsoe, I think Bledsoe also had foul trouble, right? I mean, that was a big reason, I think, why um, why Jennings kind of got as much run as he did in 24 minutes. Um, and and Bledsoe didn't look really like himself either, had some bad turnovers. And then um, finally in the last five or six minutes sort of turned it on right after I started complaining about him, saying that maybe he also wanted Brandon Jennings back in the game to get his triple-double. <laughs> uh, then Bledsoe scored like six points, six straight points or something and had like a couple of assists and kind of actually started to, you know, figure it out a little bit. But um but yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton shot well again, which was nice to see. Um, but certainly the story of this game uh, is Brandon Jennings. And, you know, certainly <laughs> the best way to transition from the G League to the NBA is in playing a team that basically <laughs> has an all G League backcourt. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I honestly uh, let me let me let me look up the, these names. Kobe Simmons, I know I knew I knew his name from Arizona last year. So I know he I know he's a an actual human being. Um, so Kobe Simmons was the starting point guard uh, for the Grizzlies tonight. Nine points, five assists. Respectable. He's a terrific athlete. But again, you know, I think he was the first two-way guy that signed a contract. I think Marcus mentioned that tonight on the broadcast or maybe Jim mentioned it on the broadcast. So, I mean, again, he's not a guy that you would look at as a normal NBA caliber athlete and – or sorry, NBA caliber point guard. And then what, Xavier 
Ratan Mays. Is that how his name is pronounced? Um, he he also played major minutes, and I had never heard of him before. Uh, before actually a couple days ago. So uh, so yeah, this was pretty much the kind of you know guys guarding him that Brandon Jennings was used to uh, in Oshkosh. But hey, give Brandon Jennings all the credit in the world. His Bucks teammates, you know, with the other exception really Middleton. Did not bring their A game tonight, and again, without him hitting threes and you know playmaking, finding guys, going to the basket, and, and getting guys in a rhythm, uh, you know, I don't know if the Bucks win this game. Uh, plus eleven, and it, it felt like even more. I'm very curious what his uh, assist to pet potential assist like percentage was because, man, it felt like if that dude made a pass, they were just like not missing at all uh 12 assists for him is in 24 minutes like no matter who you are what if you're the best passer in the world that's an insane rate to rack up assists and there was a number of easy ones and i mean like even thinking about some of like the harder ones like tyler zeller has an and one finish in traffic through three guys like that's not a shot that typically goes in but he was able to hit it and it counted as an assist for jennings and yeah he 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 just kind of tore it up and it was just also perfect because the Jim was still there. Like Jim was there when he went off. Like Jim called the fifty-five point game, and they had all of the highlights queued up and ready to go. And like it would have played no matter what. Like those highlights would have played, and everyone would have had good nostalgic feelings no matter what. But for him to go off in that moment is just like that's Jennings, man. Like that, it just like the. I, I shouldn't say the biggest stage, like the biggest meaningless stage possible. Like whatever that is, like Brandon <laughs> Jennings can fill that stage up, and he absolutely did, and he will sell it out every single night. Like that, like that's just kind of been the mo of his career, and he looked like the dude that shot fifty percent from three for the first month of his uh, NBA career as well. Tonight, going three of six from three, and it, it, it was just kind of like I said, it, I could do nothing but just laugh as it all happened because uh obviously with a home abroad like a home broadcast crew they're gonna you know pump up the the guy coming through and they're gonna say positive things about him and that level of hyperbole paired with jennings almost having a triple double in the first half like it just led for some some crazy moments, some unbelievable things that you would never expect to hear. Like Jennings having to turn over and being like, well, you know, I don't mind that one. What? What? You don't, you don't mind the turnover? Like, no, I mind turnovers. Like what's going on here? But it, it was just a strange, wonderful world. Um, and just uh, like, I don't, I don't even know. It, it's kind of impossible to attempt to describe, uh, because it, I mean, defies logic in some ways, but I, I think, my takeaway from it is is not that Brandon Jennings is going to do this every night. Is not that Brandon Jennings is going to shoot above fifty percent from the field and fifty percent from three. Like he's not going to do that. And I'm sure his assist to turnover isn't going to be six to one when all is said and done. But what it did say to me was that maybe there has been some maturity from Jennings, and maybe there has been. Uh, some ability to kind of recognize the thing that the things that matter because there was no doubt like there was some bad pull-ups in there there was some shots that you just don't want to see and and those are very Jennings and and I think just a a part of his 
swaggerific DNA. Like it's not going anywhere. Um, but after the game, he had mentioned the fact that he had talked to the guys before the game and said, Hey, we just had one practice together, but what, what I want to get done when I'm in is I want to push the tempo. I want to get a lot of possessions and I want to shoot a lot of threes. And I, when, when he said, and when he said that, I don't know if he meant him personally. Correct. Shoot a lot of threes, like but that's like the goal. The like shoot I, we threes. should yeah, shoot yeah. a lot. Of, like, so it, yeah. yeah, I should be more clear there, but like the general message was, those were the three things he wanted the second unit to accomplish. And a world where Brandon Jennings is the voice of reason isn't a world that I'm quite prepared to live in. But when you think about this Bucks team, those are things that we've talked about the last, I mean, as long as we've been doing this podcast and even before then, like pushing the tempo, shooting more threes, doing all of those things. And again, I don't know that he's going to be able to execute that every night. And as I mentioned on our last podcast, maybe he can do that for these first couple of games because they play bad teams in Orlando and Atlanta like he might be able to do that this for the rest of the week um but just kind of the greater idea that those are things that the Bucks should be after they should be after pushing the tempo and trying to get out and run and trying to shoot more threes and get some more possessions like th- those are all good things for the Bucks. um so again you want to see him do it against teams that are not the Grizzlies um, that have not lost 17 straight. And we're not really going to get that for the rest of this week. Like we're, we're going to see the bucks play a couple more bad teams. Um, so there's still plenty of questions and there should be more than enough skepticism to go around for all of us. But for one night to have a strange flashback to the first month of Jennings career, is kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I, it's one of those things, right? I mean, obviously, you know, when when he signed with the Herd, I mean, we were skeptical <laughs> to say that, that to say the least, that he could be an impact guy for the Bucks, um, or that the Bucks were even going to, you know, bring him back, given that you know they didn't do it initially when they had that need for a point guard. Um, but you, all you can do is, is just enjoy this as a fan, you know, especially yeah. obviously most of our, our listeners, you know, probably are, are not you know new Bucks fans, you know, anybody who was here during the Jennings era. Um, I mean, it was difficult because he was a guy that was, you know, largely frustrating to root for because, um, you know, to say nothing of the, even the 55 point game, you know, even over his first few years, uh, you could tell, I mean, he's a talented guy, but in Milwaukee, I mean, him having to, or feeling like he had to be the best player, had to be the leading scorer. Uh, clearly that was, you know, not good. I would say for his overall development as a pro, um, and, and bred in him, I think a mindset that, you know, he was going to shoot and he was going to score and that was going to be kind of his first job. And, um, you know, certainly I think, you know, even when he went to Detroit, I thought, you know, he, he immediately set a career high in assists when he went there. Uh, and I think generally, I mean, again, like his, his inefficiency didn't go anywhere. Right. I mean, he's a guy who, again, he's, he's going to struggle to score at an efficient rate, even though, um, you know, there were, he has had seasons where he's been a solid three point shooter. He's never been a great three point shooter. Um, especially those last couple of years in the NBA, he's been really substandard, low thirties, three point shooting, but you know, does he have a, you know, mid to high thirties, three point shooting season in him? Probably. I mean, if, you know, he mentioned feeling like he's back from his Achilles injury, uh, in the post game. And, and that's really probably the biggest question, right? Because he simply hasn't looked like this guy, uh, or the guy he was before, uh, since that injury. 
And that's obviously a really difficult injury, certainly at age of 28. You know, otherwise you wouldn't say that you'd expect a guy like this to be, you know, on the on the, you know, past his prime or, or unable to be, you know, what he once was. But but that's obviously been a real question with him. You know, we haven't seen it to date. And uh, again, even in the G League, I mean, you mentioned the the field goal percentage of like 33 or 34 percent or something like that. I mean, yep. that, that's not going to cut it in the NBA. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you can't yeah. be a useful NBA player um, shooting 33% unless you're like, you know, Marcus smart and you're like a terrific defensive player or something. Right. Uh, And you only shoot threes basically. Um, So, so we'll see. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, but I think at the same token, um, you know, for those of us who saw Brandon come in as a 19 year old went through, you know, those, especially those highs early on and um, him having to deal with injuries and the realization that he was not, you know, going to live up to the hype that, you know, he kind of was, uh, I wouldn't say helped create. I mean, you know, when you score 55 points in your seventh game or whatever, you're going to create a ton of hype. He had a lot of hype before he came into the NBA. You know, it was only, <laughs> he did it was only shoot, natural. he shot 50% from three for the first month of his career. Yeah. Like, it's um, impossible not to hype that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're 19 and you're averaging 23 a game or whatever. I think he was 20 at that point. Um, and it's, <laughs> it comes to the territory, but, uh, you know, it's, I think he's a guy who, hopefully for his sake, I mean, I think he understands, you know, that that he's not, you know, like I think it's like it's like when you know you watch Derrick Rose now. I think Derrick Rose still, I think one of his issues is that he still feels like he has to be that MVP type player, and I think that's always the hard part with guys who once were starters or once had hype or you know, I mean, Jennings was what was it in his third year? I mean, he was like a, a fringe all-star candidate guy <laughs> like because yeah. so many remember so many point guards were hurt um so to go from that and thinking that you're going to be you know whatever a big time big money player to 28 and you know fighting to get back in the league um certainly it seems like brandon has matured you know he you know while other guys may have just sat back and waited for a contract he went to china uh he signed with the g league you know and uh i think you just you know see there was a uh, ridiculous upside did a uh, interview with Dave Dean from the herd and the bucks. Um, you know, Dave has been with the bucks since 2008. So the start of the John Hammond era, now he's the GM of the the herd as well. And, you know, it was interesting. I mean, you know, he had a relationship with Brandon. He liked Brandon. He kept in touch with Brandon when he left. And, you know, he's really the big reason why Brandon ended up going to Oshkosh. And I think why he's in Milwaukee right now. So like a shout out to Dave Dean, uh, for helping make this happen. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things like as fans, you know, you kind of, you like guys or you don't like guys and, and whatever you get nostalgic or maybe you don't get nostalgic. Um, but clearly, you know, Brandon for all of his faults and, you know, immaturity he may have had at times. I think, you know, generally I think, I know a lot of people obviously felt, you know, liked him and felt good about him. And, you know, the fact that that relational relationships from that first trip are a big reason why he's back. It's not a coincidence that he's back with the Bucks. I don't think. Um, and so it's nice to kind of pay that off. I think just both for him and, you know, it seems like he's obviously put in the work to get back. And also for people who, you know, believed in him, um, maybe not uh, us, but <laughs> but people with the organization, um, like you said, you know, even the guys on the broadcast, you know, uh, Jim Paschke. And I, I, sound, I guess I, I don't remember when when Telly Hughes started working for Fox Sports Wisconsin, but from the postgame interview, it sounded like Telly and, and Brandon knew each other from from previously. So and Telly's um, been calling herd games since. Brandon oh, yeah, that's there. right, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just a really nice story, and again, you know, it, I think you 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 know, it's easy to be cynical and say, well, it's one game, and you know, after the last couple of years, why would we think that this is like a normal thing or that he's going to be able to keep this up? And first off, 
he doesn't have to. Like he can literally yeah. go back to being like a super mediocre third string point guard. And you know, I mean, he won the Bucks basically a game on a ten day contract, and that's pretty much you know, like I said, as much as you're going to get out of a ten day. And um, we'll see, you know, what happens kind of moving from here on out. Uh, you know, again, the, role, the the general path these things take is guys get a second day ten second ten day, and then thereafter. Um, they uh they're they have to be signed for the rest of the year and i mean again like the bucks it's not like there's like a bunch of other guys the bucks are going to go out and sign for that 15th roster spot at this point so i mean again if he's like vaguely passable from here on out then you know over the next week or two then i would expect probably yeah i would guess he would get you know a rest of your contract and um you know, we'll we'll see. Delhi and, and Brogdon come back. Obviously, you, you know, you expect them to get reintegrated in the lineup. But um, certainly with Brandon, he gives them something different. You know, he's he's high volatility for better or worse. I think, you know, I know a lot of people used to, you know, wonder like, well, he's probably better as a six man, even when he was in that first trip in Milwaukee. And um, obviously that, you know, just politically was was a tough sell given that he was you know the leading scorer and you know this the the kind of face of the franchise for those few years um you didn't have enough good players to be like all right brandon you're coming off the bench yeah i mean that was it was tough right i mean it it, and so it's almost like he had to go leave and be humbled in order to come back and again you know i'm not saying he's the same player rise from the ashes exactly i mean but but seriously you know i think he had to kind of go through that journey in order to come back and probably appreciate things to, to accept what, what he is now, which is a backup point guard. And, um, again, like some guys just don't get over that hump. You know, you watch Derek Rose in that first game, his return, um, against the Warriors. Uh, Again, it was against the Warriors. So not, you know, not, not the Grizzlies. And although Quinn Cook did start a point guard for the Warriors. Um, you know, I think Rose was like minus 17 and one for five in like six minutes or something like that, you know? And I don't know. I mean, whatever. I don't want to, turn this into a derrick rose discussion again but um but respect to brandon you know i mean we'll see what happens from here on out but um you can't take anything away from his performance tonight and again it obviously bodes very well for his ability to stick with this team the rest of the year and um certainly we'll see with with delhi and and brogdon sort of return dates still unclear from their injuries um you know he's got probably you know maybe two three weeks to uh to continue to prove himself and certainly i mean if he continues to do this like once a week or something like that, then you'd expect him to keep playing. Yeah. Um, uh, like you had said, I'm not going to keep anyone from enjoying this. D- d- like I enjoyed it myself. I had a good time watching Brandon Jennings go off. Um, so I'm not going to, not going to say that he's, he's just a, terrible player or anything like that like he he had a very good night and hopefully you had as much fun watching it as i mean it kind of looked like everyone did for my twitter feed and hopefully you you did enjoy it and hopefully you can enjoy it going forward and um i guess the only thing i caution against is obviously thinking that this is the norm um there's there can be a there's a huge huge valley in between what he did tonight and being a passable backup point guard and the bucks just need a backup point guard right now like that would be the one thing um that they would need so if jennings can do some of those other things like the small things not the making of shots not dishing out 12 assists like if he can just do those other small things that he said about getting the second unit to play at a faster pace getting uh the ball out 
in transition, getting the team to shoot more threes. Like those are all good things that can help out the Bucks, even if he doesn't have an insane night like he did tonight. So, um, yeah, uh, have fun with it. Um, enjoy it, and especially with the way that the Bucks are playing now. Shit, this was a welcome distraction tonight, right? Like, if this doesn't happen, I'm sitting here and being forced to talk to you about Giannis playing like total garbage and having six turnovers. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't look forward to that conversation. I have to talk to you about Eric Bledsoe struggling for much of the three quarters before finally putting it together in the fourth quarter. I don't want to talk about that. That's not any fun. I'd have to talk to you about John Henson just not being big enough to cover Marcus Saul. Like, not that that was a surprise, but just having that be very clear. Like, I'd have to talk to you about all those things, and I get to largely avoid them for the night. Like, so uh, I'm I'm totally cool with it. And um, yeah, like you said, Bucks are playing with house money now with this Jennings ten day. Um, if it continues to have have a positive return like that's that's awesome and that's great um if he never has a game where he scores more than five points again and never has more than three assists or anything like whatever that's totally fine there's four one night he got the bucks a win and he kept Giannis under 30 minutes and that's just a victory for this team at this point so um all good things there I'm trying to think where to go I to think I, I- I, I, yeah, I would have said Giannis kept himself under 30 minutes tonight. Probably he certainly helped the cause. Um, There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah, five, five fouls, um, and uh, again, just a frustrating. It, and it was weird because he actually made jump shots tonight. I mean, he hit yep. one three, um, and he made a number of mid-range shots, sort of. But they were like kind of. I can't get anything going in the basket. I'm just going to put up some shots, type shots, which are normally not the kind of shots that are going to lead to to good outcomes, but. Uh, but yeah, he was getting frustrated going to the basket. He turned it over a bunch. He had a couple charges, um, which obviously played into the foul trouble as well. Um, you know, didn't I, I'm trying to think. Did he did he get any free throws before the fourth quarter? I think he got pretty much all his free throws. He was five out of seven in the fourth quarter, and you know he had five points at halftime. And you know, just the fact that he ended up with 20 points on 14 shots, six rebounds, four assists, a block. Um, is is kind of remarkable. I mean, as a Giannis stan, I was happy to see him kind of rack up some some stats. And I wouldn't even call them garbage time stats because, you know, it was actually uncomfortably close for much of that fourth quarter. But on the um, other hand, you know, all time against Memphis right now is garbage time. That, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like you know, the Bucks. Well, I don't want to say they looked like garbage, but you know they they obviously made this game for for stretches more more difficult yeah. than it should have been. Um, but you know, shout out to Chris Middleton, another very good shooting night. I mean, nine out of fourteen shooting, two out of three from triple, um, four assists, twenty four points. Um, you know, again, he was consistent. Uh, Tony Snell, four out of six from three. He had twelve, four assists, two steals. Um, that's a really you know, nice. A, that's a really nice Tony Snell night. Yeah, that was a really nice Tony, and and I think that speaks to just sort of the ball movement that we saw tonight. Um, you know, Giannis, Chris, Bledsoe had Giannis, Chris, and Tony all had four assists. Bledsoe five assists. Jennings twelve assists. Uh, Thirty three total assists uh, on a night where the you know the the Bucks rack up uh, one twenty seven offensive rating, which is obviously great. Um, you know, obviously the the opponent is is uh, is not not coincidental in this case, but 
um, despite the fact that they had 19 turnovers. The Bucks had 19 turnovers. Um, Memphis just nine. So it's not, you know, Memphis was just giving them, you know, breakaways or two-on-ones or whatever with sloppy offense. They missed a lot of shots. Um, although they weren't terrible. I mean, they, you know, 108 offensive rating. I mean, that's, that's very solid for Memphis. Um, they didn't shoot horrendously, but uh, certainly the Bucks, you know, were, were much better. 58% overall, 48% from three, 12 out of 25. Um, and obviously the, the offensive rating number was, was tremendous. But Bucks also, I mean, to your point about making just the Bucks kind of just like seem to be making shots, especially when Brandon Jennings was passing uh, 24 mid range points, which is a lot for the Bucks tonight. Um, a number of those were Giannis, certainly Giannis and Chris probably picked up a, a bunch of those. Um, so again, you know, not a, not a work of art by any stretch. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, it was enough. You had your random Brandon Jennings <laughs> supernova uh, game against the G league backcourt of the Grizzlies. And, um, also, nice to see, I mean, uh, Sterling Brown, uh, I think that's his, what, third straight uh, double-digit scoring game. He was five out of six from the field. Um, didn't even take a three-pointer, interestingly enough, but five out of six, ten points, four boards, two assists in 20 minutes. He had 11 points in seven boards last game. He had 15 in the game before that. So certainly Sterling, um, you know, scoring effectively. Two-point shooting has been a problem for him this year. Uh, he hasn't really been that effective scoring inside the arc, 38% from three, um, but just 41% overall. So nice to see Sterling getting some buckets against, again, bad competition, but certainly, you know, there's a good time for your rookies to get some confidence. It's against uh, a team that that is playing a bunch of rookies as well. And I thought Zeller was solid as well. Three, three out of three, eight points in 20 minutes, a couple blocks, uh, plus 12. Um, you know, and, and Gasol, I mean, 17 points on 17 shots. I think you'll live with that any day. You know, yep. he's the one, he's obviously the one good player uh, on the Grizzlies right now that is playing, you know, I mean, Jermichael Green is, is a, you know, certainly a solid NBA player. Um, you know, they've got some guys who can be solid any given night. Certainly Ben McLemore scoring 16 is not what you'd expect um, since he's been pretty much garbage since day one in the NBA. But, um, but you know, again, I think uh, I, a, a, you know, they got enough, right? And, and obviously with Giannis maybe not being at his best, Bledsoe not being at his best, you needed some other guys if you're going to put up that kind of big offensive night and, Obviously, Jennings was a story, but but other guys uh, stepped up as well, and uh, you know, tick the box. I guess um, that's two and two out of two now in this kind of stretch of four, you know, easy games, and um, this was presumably the easiest game out of that four. Um, and now, obviously, you get two more games that are games you really want to win against the Magic and, and Hawks coming up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if I have a ton to add there uh, on the night where. Giannis wasn't great, and uh, you really do look up and down that roster, and there was a bunch of really solid contributions. Um, so I don't think you can have um, too many complaints there. Uh, They're able to kind of make it happen and get the Bucks to to their next game, and that's I mean, it's really all you can kind of hope for. Um, just because, well, the the Bucks need wins right now, and on a night where Giannis plays bad, uh, oftentimes when that's the case, well, the Bucks don't play particularly good, and they can end up losing some of those games. So the Bucks sneak out with a win, um, and I think that should that should be about it. Um, normally on a game, I, I'm able to try to think about other things, but you mentioned it, Jennings Supernova night, like that's what it was. Like it, 
that's what won the Bucks the game. And I mean, I don't know if there's really much else to talk about. So um, that'll be. I, yeah, well, I was I, I was just gonna say just to update the standing. So the Bucks remain uh, in the eighth spot. They are tied with the Heat, uh, who are seventh at thirty six and thirty one. But the Heat having the tiebreaker um, are up on them just due to that. Um, the Pistons five and a half back. So again the specter of somehow missing the playoffs entirely, certainly uh, not uh, becoming more likely with uh, with Detroit and Charlotte kind of continuing to struggle behind them. But um, again, tough sledding, kind of making up ground. Although, you know, again, Indiana, the Indiana goddamn Pacers on our third in the East at 39 and 28. So they're three games up on the Bucks in third. Cleveland has dropped to fourth at 38 and 28. Washington right behind them at 38 and 29. Philly at 36 and 29 and then the Heat and Bucks at 36 and 31. So um, this is this is the frustrating thing, right? You got these games. You kind of now you finally kind of want a couple games. You have another couple games you really want to win coming up. But um, again, a lot of these teams ahead of the Bucks are not slipping up other than really the Cavs who've been really struggling of late. Um, they've lost two in a row. They're just four and six in their last 10 games. Um, so it, it's interesting, you know, I mean, <laughs> Can you imagine if you somehow could get to the sixth seed and if Indiana hung on to the third seed? Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll take that. I'll take a three six matchup with the Pacers. I don't care how much the Pacers have given the Bucks problems. I will happily take a three six matchup with the Pacers <laughs> if that yeah. were possible. Um, but clearly, just a really really strange situation in the East right now when you look up and down uh, the standings. And again, the Bucks, man. You look back at some of those games, those those two close pacer games you lose. I mean, if you win those games, I mean, you're you're in fifth. Actually, you know, you'd be in fourth because you'd be ahead of the Pacers. So it just goes to show all these games count for a lot, especially when they're against the other teams ahead of you. And uh, again, I think, you know, very likely the Bucks will look back on that couple weeks stretch where they dropped all those games and say, that cost us dearly in the standings, but um, for now, obviously, still within shouting distance of even the third spot, as as unlikely as it might seem. All right, uh, before we finish it off, uh, some Brandon Jennings media roundup. Uh, Matt Velasquez tweeting from the locker room after the game. Uh, while Brandon Jennings was speaking with the media post game, Eric Bledsoe interjected, "You couldn't get them last two rebounds." He smiled and then. Everyone laughed. Uh, Brandon Jennings didn't expect expect to play the 24 minutes he did tonight, uh, saying, I was real tired. I kept telling blood, don't fall. Stop fouling. I'm tired. Um, and then uh, Joe Prunty, uh, Matt started off with a question about uh, Jennings is flirting with a triple-double, and Prunty deadpanned, we wanted more. Um, so all sorts of fun. And, oh, Nick Friedel, uh, our friend at ESPN, John Henson, I don't think it's a question whether – Jennings can play in the NBA on a 10 day for a guy like that to have that type of talent. It's rare. So good vibes, good feelings all around for the second Brandon Jennings bucks era. Uh, we will see if we can continue those good vibes or drag it all down tomorrow. As we talk a little <laughs> bit more about the Milwaukee bucks. Uh, we mentioned low and Arnovitz on the low post. We'll probably talk a little bit about that conversation tomorrow. Um, but for tonight, the Milwaukee bucks win one twenty one one Oh three Brandon Jennings flirts with a triple double 16 points, 12 assists and eight rebounds for Frank Madden. I'm Eric name. This has been lockdown bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.